0: is the dealer news today podcast the podcast for automotive executives and the professionals who support them hey everybody and welcome to dealer news today the number one automotive dealership centric podcast there is make sure you follow the show on instagram at dealer news today also you know, you can listen to all past episodes and seasons by going to dealernewstoday.com. Uh, I am your host, Derek D., and I appreciate you being here. And if you're like, wait a second, who's this Derek D. guy? Well, DerekD.com will answer that question. But enough about me. Let's jump right into the show. My guest on DNT today lives in Jersey, like myself, but just a little north from where I'm at. Uh, he's owned multiple dealerships and businesses, and is now the president of Hawthorne Chevrolet in Hawthorne, New Jersey. Please welcome Steve Barna to the show. What's going on, Steve? Uh, that Work, church, and home. That's what we do in this
1: car business, right? <laughs>
0: I like that. Work, church, and home. <laughs> and your dealership's in Hawthorne, but are you originally from there?
1: Uh, I'm actually from Hawthorne, New Jersey. Uh, where the dealership is physically located, at hence the word Hawthorne and Chevrolet. There it is. Uh, grew up, high school, attended Northwood University in Midland, Michigan. Graduated and came to work here as a salesman in 1982.
0: Oh wow, interesting. So you went. You're from Jersey. I'm from Jersey too, so I know Hawthorne. I'm from I'm from Neptune. I live in Belmar.
1: Oh, right down right down the parkway a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, right down the parkway. Uh, so I'm I'm very familiar. And I went to uh, William Patterson University in Wayne.
1: Right around the corner.
0: Which is, which is right around the corner from you, yeah, yep. absolutely. So, but you just said you went to high school in Michigan, so no, no, you went, left
1: Jersey and went. Well, I went to college in Michigan, yeah.
0: Oh, college in Michigan. Okay, I misunderstood. Yep. Okay, cool. So, so born and raised in Jersey, and you got your business in Jersey, family owned and operated for ninety years. Um, what does your day to day look like? So, like right now, you know, it's a Thursday uh we're recording this what does your typical thursday look like in 2022
1: thursday typical morning i haven't changed I'm a, I'm a creature of habit i uh first thing in the morning about 8 30 i meet with my old my department managers spend about a half an hour in the service drive walk through the parts department spend a couple of minutes with the parts department into the showroom mm-hmm. then up to my office and uh Check out the numbers, look at the inventory, look at the sales, look at the uh, gross profits, and then move on from there.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, family owned and operated for 90 years, 90 years. Yeah. So let me ask you this. I ask everyone this that, you know, works in the in a family business. Is it easier or harder working with family?
1: It's it's harder. Um, But I have actually a story. It's actually my stepfather was a partner here. And when I graduated in 1982, I had a job offer in Michigan, but I came back here to wait until the, the start of the job. And he, he asked me if I would stand right. on the on the used car lot because he had a few guys on vacation. I said, "Yeah, sure, I'll give that a shot." So I bought a nice pair of pants, nice shirt, a tie, and started selling cars. But but nobody told me it was hard to do. So I kind of <laughs> <Yeah>, well... <laughs> took to it like to, from a like a duck to water and. When it was time to start my job in Michigan, I said, look at my my W-2 form, I said, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, So I (laughs) stayed on, uh, worked up the ladder, became assistant manager, sales manager, general manager, and then eventually bought out some of the other partners. And uh, here we are today.
0: Right. So I I like that you just said harder because sometimes I ask people that question, they kind of dance around it. They go, well, you know. And I'm sure th- this is an element of it too. There is a give and take. There's the good points. There's the bad points. But it, I, I like. yours, like, you know what? It is kind of harder because there's 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 a lot of extra, I guess, feelings and stuff involved, uh, because it's family operated. And uh, as you just described, I think so. You basically went. You you kind of like started from, like, worked your way up to to president and owner.
1: Correct. Right? Correct. And uh, and as you said, the family business is, is very very challenging because we run this as a business uh i have my son involved and if you interview him he'll tell you he was raised like an employee not as a, as a son so you know we expect a certain level of of uh productivity you know and that could be that could be challenging to some people and some people as a lot of us out there know is not cut for this business this is this is this is uh, you got to have some thick skin and uh oh yeah a strong, strong work ethic.
0: No, oh, that's for sure. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you find that, you know, like say, I, I don't know how old your son is or whatever, but if, you know, when you guys go out to dinner or whatever, even growing up around the dinner table, what, what did, did the, did the car industry and the dealership dominate the conversation at all times? Did you ever feel like we got to kind of separate it a little bit?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I have two other brothers in the business as well. And at one point we had up to five, five stores. So Thanksgiving dinner was just another board meeting uh, to to the dismay of my mother. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, very, very hard to separate the the two. Uh, They're so intertwined.
0: Wait, so you had up to five stores. Uh, Right now, do you only have Hawthorne Chevrolet or is there multiple
1: dealerships? We had had just sold off two of our stores. We had uh, two franchises in Englewood. We sold them off, and now we're down to one in Hawthorne. Okay. Uh, We have several we have several, um, brands here other than Chevrolet. We have a Mahino dealer here, uh, where we sell the Suzu's and we have a Cummins repair center. So we've got oh, interesting. quite a, a few, a few shingles underneath our one little shingle.
0: Right. So w- w- what was the motivation to sell the other businesses? Was it because right now, you know, it seems like it's a, it's kind of a seller and buyer's market. If that makes any sense, a lot of bigger companies are scooping up dealerships at a, good price, but also for the sellers, it seems like that price is a great price too. Um, you know, getting more than what they would have before the pandemic, I think. So kind of a win-win, right? Does that make any sense?
1: Uh, yeah, I I would say so. Well, the, the, the biggest, biggest issues are my, my personal issues. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much a micromanager. So having those stores, uh, certainly made my day longer. Um, but hmm. th- th- we all have the challenges today. Personnel is the number one challenge. Huh. Um, the manufacturer is, is the number two challenge. And it, it just was not, wor- and the return was not what it used to be either it, prior to the COVID. So we looked at the numbers and said, look, if we can get this number for it, let's do it. Let's get out of it and come back home and focus on, on our the mothership here. Yeah.
0: I mean, that seems like a smart thing to do. Uh, like, look, we'll consolidate and make money on this, on these sales, and then, focus on the main dealership and put all the effort there because, you know, it's no secret that the industry has been uh, the most profitable it's been in, a, in over a decade. And, you know, obviously in the beginning of the pandemic, no one knew what was going to happen, but it ended up being like good out of a bad thing. But, of course, there are pitfalls, like you said earlier. Uh, the inventory situation is still a problem. Uh, how, how has that affected your dealership directly? Is it getting any better as of late?
1: Well, we're we're a very large commercial truck dealer. Uh, the commercial trucks have been very scarce and and let's face it, most in the car business, it's all about relationships, right? You have customers oh, absolutely. returning year after year. We're very in the Northeast. We're a very large lease market. So 60 to 70% of our deals are leases, which brings people back into our door every three years. These same people are coming back and we don't have anything to give them right now Oof, yeah or the the dollar is so is so much higher the payment wise so it's it, it's a slippery slope and, and the other side of that coin is there's a lot of my opinion a lot of bad habits being formed. Uh, in both the front and the back is service, you know, we don't have the loaner availability that we used to have. We don't have the parts availability. We have people's cars tied up for two, three weeks. Oh man. Yeah. Without the ability to, to you know, to put them in a, in a similar car. Uh, we can't get some of the larger SUVs, the Suburbans, the Tahoe. So although it's a very um, profitable time, there's a lot of bad habits being formed that, are, are going to have to be addressed once the uh, situation becomes back to a normal cycle. Yeah,
0: for sure. I mean, it's definitely rough. You know, I always, I've said it on the show before, like for my car right now, I could probably get, you know, I owe like 13 on it, but I could probably get 21 for it. But it's like, then what, do, what, do, what, do, what do I get? <laughs> you know, cause there's like n- nothing available. And, you know, I drove by the Chevy dealership over here and it's like, just, it's, 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 depressing. It's like, there's not much on the lot. It's all I see is like Chevy Equinoxes. That's it. That's a, that they have like out on the lot. And yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, definitely rough. Um, and you're right. I think there is some bad habits forming, uh, because of all this and it's got to, you know, something's got to give sooner or later and hopefully it's sooner. You know, I always, always curious, you know, since obviously we're in Jersey, you're not far from, you know, the huge shipping ports in Jersey in and You know, which side note is actually one of the reasons our gas is one of the cheapest in the country. And I use the word cheapest very lightly because no gas is cheap right now. But um, that's a whole other issue. But my question is, is it a little easier? I'm just curious for dealerships in New Jersey to get inventory right now because we're so close to those shipping ports or that doesn't matter.
1: No, I don't don't think that affects In fact. um, Most of the vehicles come in by train. They come into the railhead, uh, as you mentioned, down by Newark. So I think they're coming there via train, and I don't – some of our vehicles are being uh, held on lots in Texas for three or four weeks. So, yeah, no, that's zero uh, advantage to that at all. Uh, Oh, interesting. Yeah, not many of them are direct shipped. So as you mentioned, we have some of one model and none of others. So it it certainly limits limits your your, uh, customer base. I normally stock 500 to 600 new vehicles on the ground. As of this morning, I had 110, and I'm betting half of those are sold already. Wow. So it's quite a, quite a difference. I get storage lots all over the place. They're all empty, and weeds are starting to grow through them now.
0: Wow. Well, you mentioned something. You said you have a lot of cars in Texas that take they're taking weeks to get there. What's the reason that
1: they're taking so long to get to you? I think there's quality holds. I think there's the chip availability. They have those cars that are partial builds. That I believe they call them. You know, they're sitting there waiting for a chip. Chip comes in and, oh. and, and then they ship them.
0: Right. So, obviously, the chip. Yeah. So, it's like a double whammy. You got inventory shortage and then the, the chip shortage as well, which is slowly recuperating. Um, and, and, and someone said I had on the show that that's not, it's mainly because, you know, it's not that the chips, it's not necessarily that there's a chip shortage now. It's more that because. Every, COVID and everything, they didn't know what was going to happen. A lot of those chips were allocated just for other things, you know, f- cell phones, computers, all that stuff. So getting back those allocations for cars is taking a while because the, it's ordered like crazy.
1: Yeah, I, I believe I read did you, did you hear I that? I believe I read that the automobile industry globally consumes 20% of the computer chips. So I'm assuming that these manufacturers are, are taking care of the other 80% of uh, before we, I guess, before we get our little dribble, I'm assuming, but I haven't. It. It's it's the cars are coming through with with less equipment in them. Um, sunroofs, I guess, require more chips. Heated seats, uh, well, yeah. Powers power yeah. Uh, heated seats, uh, heated steering wheels. They're all coming through with the option, but without the actual function of the option, and it's a it's a later install for the. I'm assuming it's chip or the module. The module is another word for computer in our lingo. Right. Uh, to be installed at a later date. So a lot of these cars are coming through with credits on the window for heated seats, sunroofs, and, and um, heated steering wheels, a lot a lot of the uh, creature comforts.
0: Oh, wow. That's interesting. So you're saying basically they're coming through with that option, but they don't have the chip in it, so it's not functionable. But are people... And so you'd come back at a later date to get that chip put in. Correct. Is that one of the oh wow, I did not hear that. Is that one of the ways I guess they're comb- combating the inventory shortage? Like, well, give us the car, we'll tell the customer that here's the here's the deal. Now, when the customer hears that, do they say do they say something like, Well, hold on a second here. I should get more money off well they, give, they actually give you
1: I'm paying a little a little credit on the window on the win, on the window sticker
0: oh wow what and what's that credit
1: uh, very much fifty dollars fifty dollar credit for heated seats and then uh, underneath okay. it says to be installed by dealer when available oh wow so we haven't we haven't
0: wow, seen, I, I, I we didn't haven't seen it.
1: one of those yet we haven't seen a chip come in that we're able to retrofit a a customer's vehicle yet. So what's going to, in my opinion, we have vehicles that, again, we're a strong lease market in the Northeast. We're going to have people's cars come off a of lease before these chips hit the ground.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, cause I think I saw somewhere that the average car uses somewhere between 16 and 25 chips or something. Cause dep- depending on all the different, like you said, the features, the options, what the engine needs, what the l- lights, computer, you know, infotainment system, all that stuff. Um, so yeah, there's, a, there's so much, so much going yeah. on there. It's crazy.
1: So, I tell <laughs> I, I people uh, in, in this August, I'll be here 40 years in the car business. The first 35 were what I've moved from, from day one. Uh, the last five years is, is, is a tornado. We don't know which, which way the industry's going. We don't know what's going on with inventory strike. And prior to this general Motors deal, we had a strike to deal with, uh, prior to COVID, uh, Right, right, yeah, that was the, yeah. So we've had quite a, a, a shortage of inventory for for a, a few years now.
0: Wow, even bef- so, you experienced that even before COVID.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just as we were coming back from the strike, oh man, boom, COVID hit. And 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 being in New Jersey, they shut us down for about eight weeks. We weren't allowed to open uh, the showrooms for eight weeks. So
0: right, yeah, that's what I was saying in the beginning because a lot of people, a lot of businesses, you know, the car industry all over the country, and also businesses that aren't even automotive-related, did the same thing. So people didn't know what the hell was going on. And then it turned out that, you know, as time went on, you know, you got stimulus checks, people weren't traveling. They were like, we have kind of extra money now, so let's bring in our car and get a get a new one, whatever it was. And then a lot of people started doing that, and then you got the trip shortage and everything, and boom, now crazy inventory shortage. And and also, it's it, you know, cars... They're going for a lot more. Like if you want to go buy a car, there's incentives are like non-existent, right? Do you have many incentives going on?
1: Yeah, no. They they, they the manufacturers certainly curtailed on the the uh, consumer incentives. Um, And again, another phenomenon uh, in being in the Northeast, these New York City, uh, a New York City suburb. A lot of the people work in the city here. A lot, the city was shut down. Workers were not allowed. So these people's cars were parked for for a year. So we have cars being traded in with 12, 15,000 miles on it that normally would have 30 000 to 45,000 miles on it. Right. Yeah. So as you mentioned in the beginning of the conversation, their car is worth a lot of money, but we are we going to put them in it. And, right. and we're, again, we're limited on a lot of our, 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 our models. So if, if Suburbans and Tows are coming into Suburban and Tows, we don't have anything to put them in. So they end up buying the car they're driving now. Yeah. Cause you could
0: turn around and take that car and sell it for great amount. I mean, you, oh, yeah. you only got 12,000, 15,000 oh, miles yeah. on it. I mean, that, you know, a few years old and it doesn't have many miles on it at all. You know, that's, that's good. So you said, you know, for the first 35 years, you knew what the business looked like last five, it's gone crazy, you know, because those first three, I guess was like, Oh, so this is strange. And then boom, COVID hits you the last two. So it's been a whirlwind. What do you think, you know, cause, cause you were saying how you normally, I think you said about you have up to 500 cars on your lot. Correct. Now it is about a 100 or, or, you know, 150 or so, you know, a lot of the people I talk to say that they see the future of the automotive dealership industry, that you don't need a ton of cars on the lot. It's going to be, you have your kind of your flagship models, you have some flashy models, you know, the higher end sports things and stuff like that. You know, you might get a Corvette Z06 or something like that, but you don't need to have the volume what do, you, what do you think about that? Do you agree with that?
1: Well, I, 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 as the future progresses, we, we, I don't know what, what the manufacturer's build capacity is. Uh, in the old days, they, we've tried over the years to stock wide, right, not deep. Mm-hmm. Um, cars, we were able to turn a car around and, and, and from order to delivery in four to six weeks, which that's not happening lately. But you also have the future of the electric vehicles, what percentage of that is going to be the marketplace versus the, the regular gas engines. So we got a whole lot of, I right. will say, I guess confusion. if That's the right word. Certainly un- uncertainty uh, going forward. Yeah, for sure. Uh, where, where do we put our, where do we put our eggs, right? It, it, today, everything seems to be pushing electric uh, a year from now. I don't right. know that. Um, so yeah, we're, it, it, um, it's an uncomfortable spot in the car business as far as which what is the future you you, you know we're not going to have anybody ride around in horse and buggy anytime soon so there's <laughs> no. going to be vehicles are they going to be electric are we going to be gas are we going to you know be a combo don't know and i don't know if anybody knows an answer right now
0: i always feel and i think that there's always going to be both i mean electric is great and all but you know a lot of the people that are like electric electric it's good for the environment good for the environment I mean, it's it's just to make one battery the amount of earth you need to dig up, and the amount of uh, uh, work that goes into creating a battery or disposing of a battery is not good for the environment at all. So a lot of people don't realize that, but I I do think that you know hybrid is a is a great option. And honestly, until electric cars, you can go to a go to a charging station and fill up your car with energy as quick as it takes to fill up your car with gas that's when people will be really on board but it's getting there i mean the the it's the charging is getting faster the um the the range is getting longer but i do think there'll always be both and you know i i'm a huge fan of the new corvette i've always loved the corvette but you know they just came out with they're going to have the hybrid you know new c8 which is just going to mm-hmm. be awesome and and then eventually have a fully electric but i think they always need to offer you know, uh, 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 one with a, a gas engine, a fully aspirated, you know, it could be turbo, things like that. But you need that. There's always going to be those people. And I never think it's going to fully go away. What do you thinking of
1: that? Yeah, well, the, the new acronym is ICE, by the way. Uh, Internal combustion engine.
0: Oh, OK. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's the manufacturer's lingo. I was at a meeting. I'm like, what are they talking about? The goes, that's a gas engine. Oh, thank you.
0: Oh, yeah, um, that makes sense.
1: Yeah: <laughs> yeah I, I, yeah, this, yeah, it's certainly a, a, a place for electric cars right now, right? It seems to be people's second cars. Uh, they have a gas car, then they have their toy, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and in the metropolitan areas, an electric car could work, but you know when you, once you get off the coast, people have to drive 40, 50, 60 miles of work every day. It might not make the same sense as it does to a, local, a, a guy who commutes five miles or two miles. Uh, so yeah, I think there's, there's certainly going to be electric cars, but but how fast that uh, transition is going to occur is that's the that's the uncertainty.
0: Right. Yeah. And I, I I as a car lover, as a car guy, uh, you know, I, I I appreciate an actual engine. I wanted to ask you that: Are you a have you always been a car guy, or were you more you more fell in? you know, fell in line with the business aspect of the, 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 the industry or were you, are you a, a, just love cars?
1: Yeah. You know what? I hate, I hate to say it. I told every morning in the meeting, we tell these guys, we don't collect them here. Let's get them out of here. So <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I have no love for the cars. we would like to see them, uh, the taillights going down the road. No, but I enjoy cars. Uh, I enjoy trucks. Believe it or not, I got a big, I'd rather instead of taking a core veteran right around a block, I'd rather take a big, uh, 6,500 around a block. Oh, I see.
0: Well, yeah, that's to each of their own, you know? Um, (laughs) It's funny, too, because I, you know, I'll talk to a lot of owners of of dealerships and things like that, and many of them, Say that they're like, they're like you know, it wasn't really. It's not that I'm a car guy. I just love the business of the car industry. And then you get some people like, oh yeah, I'm a I'm a car guy. I got this one and that one. And uh, what what's your daily driver?
1: I drive a Tahoe. Oh, okay. Tahoe Z71 right now.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, you're a truck guy.
1: <laughs> and that that'll, for about ten minutes because they'll probably sell it on me before the phone conversation's over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're 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 going quick. Uh yeah I want I wanted to tell you you know I was I was at the New York Auto Show and it was like depressing you know it, it was like nothing there, um a lot of companies completely didn't go I think I think even before the pandemic it was, you know, it, it, automotive uh, companies were kind of veering away a little bit from auto shows it seemed like and then since the pandemic it's just I mean there was no Mercedes no BMW no Audi no Porsche. I mean, I know those are all a lot of like German high end things like that. But even Chevy usually has a huge, you know, presence there. And it was small and there was a lot of electric, a lot of like they like Hyundai built a whole track around, you know, the Javits Center. And there was a lot of that downstairs. So it was uh, it was interesting to see. But it was also kind of sad. So I I hope it's not I hope I hope we'll get better than that. Uh, in the future,
1: yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping and thinking that it's a little bit of a COVID hangover, right? Not yeah, knowing that's exactly
0: what, that's what I'm saying.
1: What, but as you mentioned, General Motors, the only brand they had uh, present was Chevrolet. There was no Cadillacs, There was no Buicks. There was no GMCs. Right? Yeah, um, you're
0: right. Geez, I didn't even think of that.
1: I don't think the love of Automobiles has gone away. I think, the, especially New York City, very COVID-centric uh with their restrictions, it might have been a, a, a hangover of COVID. And that's going forward, once we get over that little hurdle, we'll get the interest back in. in the uh, they actually canceled the show. I think it was last year, just before the just just prior right before the they show. were supposed
0: to have it. Yeah,
1: right. So I guess some of these manufacturers weren't willing to gamble because you you know how much money they invest in a, in a a, a show like that. Oh yeah. To have the, the rug pulled out from under them, you know, a couple of weeks before. So maybe that was the issue this time.
0: Yeah. And one of the things too, I noticed, cause usually, you know, you see these, the companies there at these auto shows and I've been to them all over the world, the lighting, like they, they, they have all kinds of lighting for their booth and everything. And it was just, a lot of it was just the house lights, you know, it wasn't even anything special. So they definitely, uh, you know, dialed it back a lot. Um, but uh, you know, here's here's to the future and here's to it getting better. Uh you know, one last question before we go and maybe a positive one. What's what's one challenge that arose through the pandemic that you could say, you know, we acknowledge, adjusted for it, and we conquered it?
1: Yeah, the, the, the big challenge in this industry and is is personnel. Getting people into the industry, mm. uh technicians into the industry. Uh that that is on my mind every day. Uh as you mentioned, you know, we're all the Everybody's pretty profitable now. If you're not, you should really look in the mirror. <laughs> Reevaluate. Uh, employees coming into the business very difficult. Technicians, I don't. I, I think in five years, I don't know if we're going to have a technician. Uh, oh wow! It's it's very difficult. That that's many of our business decisions are made on on personnel. Uh, Interesting. You know, the ability to grow is you you need people and. Right now, we we have a shortage of people.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, hopefully that gets better. What's something you think you uh, conquered during all this craziness?
1: Well, our, our our guys certainly changed gears. Instead of becoming a high volume store, we've become a sell what sell what you see availability and 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 capitalizing on it.
0: And adapt. You adapt. Uh, it to uh,
1: it. Yep. Yep. Correct.
0: Well, there you go. I mean, that's a uh, that's what you got to do. You know, uh, you got to You got to adapt and conquer and. Uh, you know, yeah. I, you know, congratulations on the sales of your other uh, dealerships and businesses, and folks in on this one, and I wish you all the best, Steve. Anything else you'd like to it's say good. before we get going?
1: As you, you know, in this business, if you're standing still, you're going backwards. <laughs> Very true. And we're we, we are, we're 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 kind of like stuck to move forward, a hey, because lack well, of inventory. Uh, so. Very, very uncomfortable right now. (laughs) Not knowing what the future's going to bring.
0: Yeah, well, none of us do. But you know what? Here's to the future. Steve, I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much. Well, it was a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to talk to you.
1: And everybody have a fine day.
0: Thank you so much. Pleasure to talk to you as well. That was Steve Barna, president of Hawthorne Chevrolet. For more information on Steve and his dealership, head over to HawthorneChevrolet.com. That will do it for this episode of DNT. Make sure you follow the show on Instagram at Dealer News Today. I'm your host Derek D. DerekD.com for all my stuff. Appreciate you listening, folks. Until next time, this is Dealer News Today.